welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall, and today we'll be speaking with the Comptroller of the U.S. Coast Guard, Mark Rose, all about their journey to auditability. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? Uh, Good morning. Thank you for uh, having me here this morning with you to talk about the Coast Guard's journey here within the Department of Homeland Security. So I appreciate being here and uh, the opportunity to chat with you this morning. Absolutely. So we're very interested to hear about the Coast Guard's journey to auditability, some of the history, the background, and how you guys are going to maintain, how how are you maintaining this going forward? Because it's just as hard to keep an opinion sometimes as to get an opinion. So um, if you don't mind just giving us a little background. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to this morning. Uh, first of all, I do want to say it's not, just not about the opinion. There's a lot of other things that go with it, and I, w- I want to talk about why why the opinion is just the is just the end kind of the end scorecard of, of why this is important. First of all, a little bit about the Coast Guard, uh, and that kind of indicates why some of the challenges we had. Uh, the Coast Guard is is a multi mission uh, military multi mission maritime. Um, and it's been around for over 200 years. So it's an organization that's been around for a long time, and we've been through in three different departments. We started out, of course, in Treasury, mm-hmm. uh, then we were in Department of Transportation, and now we're in Department of Homeland Security. So right. I'm going to talk a little bit about what that meant uh, from an audibility journey as well. Also, from the Coast Guard's perspective, um, uh, several years ago, the Coast Guard, uh, when we were in Department of Transportation, prior, prior to 9-11, we were about a $4 billion organization mm-hmm. uh, with annual appropriations. Now we're up to over $10 billion. And why is that important? Because in audit, materiality matters. And I want to talk about that a little a little bit as well as we go forward because that, that's critical. Uh, there's over uh, 40,000 active duty and 7,000 civilians, plus we have our auxiliarists, so we've got 7,000 reservists. So, so a large organization with the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, we're a new, unique instrument of, uh, of uh, maritime safety, security, and environmental stewardship for the, uh, for the nation. Uh, we protect the nation. Uh, we're a military organization, but we also facilitate commerce, the commerce flow uh, through the, the waterways and our maritime transportation system. So, so we've got a lot of those unique factors right. uh, which, uh, which come into play when you talk about being audited. Uh, and so we have to factor them. Another thing about the Coast Guard is um, the Coast Guard is uh, while we have a, a large number of personnel, we have a large active duty workforce, we have a, a civilian workforce, we also do a large number of acquisitions. So we acquire a large number of assets, so assets, is, and that's another thing that's a little bit different than some of the other components where a much, much larger percentage of their annual expenditures is related to payroll. We have a large portion that goes to acquisitions uh, and including uh, the fact that we have a large uh, capital plant. Uh, so we are over 50% of the property, plant, and equipment for the Department of Homeland Security. Wow. So as you can see, those are all things you <laughs> factor into. We're also one of the largest liabilities because uh, we also record the uh, military retired pay right. liability. So, so those are all things that uh, are about uh, some things, factors about the Coast Guard that factor into uh, when you talk about being audited. So, right. So guide us a little bit through, you know, the beginning of this journey to, to, maintain, to, to achieving the audit opinion. So you said you were at three agencies over your lifetime. And when did this start and what were the initial struggles? You know? Sure. Uh, originally, you know, after the passage of the CFO Act in 1990, mm-hmm. and then we started down this road um, in the late 90s, we were within the Department of Transportation. And we were being audited by the IG at the time. But of course, when the Coast Guard was in the Department of Transportation, once again, I talked about the fact $4 billion as opposed to where we are now, $10 billion annual appropriations. Uh, and the fact that uh, we were a much smaller 
fish. We used to use a fishbowl example, mm -hmm. and we were a much smaller fish in a big fishbowl with right. all those other, uh, uh, with all the other agencies with the Department of Transportation. And the audit was a little bit different focus back then, but but anyway, we were there and we were we were struggling through. We were struggling through some of our initial issues, but the materiality wasn't as significant, uh, and the focus was a little bit different. Uh, and then, of course, 9/11 happened, and then we we, we transitioned to the Department of Homeland Security. When we were within the Department of, uh, and I want to highlight that the Coast Guard does not receive a standalone opinion. Our audit opinion is part of the consolidated department, so right. so that's important to understand. So when we were in the final years with with Department of Transportation, Department of Transportation was having a full scope unqualified opinion, but the Coast Guard's materiality was significantly uh, less at that period of time. Now we have uh, 2003. We're now Department of Homeland Security. Uh, Coast Guard is significantly a greater materiality, 50% of the property, plant, and equipment. And originally, uh, when they brought us over, we, we started with a qualified opinion, but I quickly went to a disclaimer right. uh, following year. Uh, and then uh, we had a disclaimer for a number of years from 2004 to 2010. Uh, then in 2011, started getting qualifications. And then finally, in 2013, we finally got our, our first unmodified opinion. So it was a multi-year effort to get to that. Um, and uh, the, the approach, we, we took multiple multitude approaches, but uh, one of the big things we had to first do was to really ensure we had commitment at the highest levels within the organization. Mm -hmm. Okay, and in the early days of the audit, we were, there were so many issues. Uh, we, we used to say we were like, at the, you know how they have the uh, at the Chuck E. Cheese thing where you say kid there you have the where the pop up with the uh, at the and you try to hit the pop had had a whack a mole kind of thing. <laughs> we said we were kind of doing that. Right. It was so huge. It was so Same big. Thing, uh, we had a commandant coming in, uh, Admiral Allen, I think, who everybody really knows who Admiral Allen is right, uh, right. from a number of things. Came in. He made initially he made it one of his uh, commandant intention action orders. He call it uh, established a financial management transformation task force. Uh, of which we, we put a team together and we said, what, what do we, what's the groundwork we need to put together for success? Right. What's the, what's the organizational construct? What's the framework? What's, what's, the, what's the key things from, from the high level that we need to put together? And we established that, we put that together. Uh, we we kind of laid a groundwork for the organization and there were a significant number of high level uh, plan of action of milestones that, that of course need to be fleshed out, but it start it set the stage. It also started setting the stage organizationally, of developing you know who would be the key organizational else that will work at it. But the critical thing is it had the tone at the top. Right. Right. Okay. So uh, also at the time with the department, uh, we were having meetings with uh, the top department leadership on this, mm -hmm. including Mr. David Norquist when he was the CFO over there, right. uh, now CFO at uh, DoD. Uh, so we were meeting with him. Uh, and there were regular meetings saying the tone at the top. So we established that. Then what we did uh, to that, we, we got the organizational ground. We, we, we developed something called our Financial Strategy for Transformation and Audit Readiness. Mm -hmm. It was a very specific, detailed plan. But what it did is it based on this concept of materiality mm -hmm. and disaggregate and a balance sheet approach. We said we would tackle the balance sheet first. Okay, and that's, right. of course, we were significant to the department there with our liability, payroll, uh, military uh, retired pay liability and with our property plant and equipment as well as we have a large uh, inventory of operating materials and supplies right. and we have a low, large construction and process account so these are all large accounts so, so let's take let's disaggregate it let's go by materiality and let's knock those those lower hanging fruit off first mm -hmm. and we did that 
by balance sheet line item and then within line items. Right. Okay, so we went forward and that's what we did. For example, in property, we didn't try to get all PP&E. We say, what are the things you can get? Well, cutters, they're pretty solid. You know where they are. You right. know what they look like. Find them. Boats, you know, th those are less challenging. Right, right. Let's, let's knock them out first. Real property, a little bit more challenging, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Internal use software, a lot more challenging. So let's, and, and cutter aircraft, small boats were, a were larger material amounts. So that's the approach we took. And we did that. In addition, as you did that, it's not just about the balance. Mm -hmm. It's about what sustainable processes you will put in place so that balance stays is not good just today, but it stays good. So this this was a critical factor because we did we had a couple of scenarios earlier where we went through, we did all this great work, we thought we had the inventory, we thought we had a balance, mm -hmm. but we had to do it again. Well, let me ask you about that because uh, I know in DOD and Intel, they're also trying to get auditable these days. And one of the things with PP&E is they, they seem like they, okay, let's do a big inventory this year. We're going to capture all these big things, get it on paper. But then the next year, oh, it's, you know, it, it doesn't work anymore because the process wasn't really in place or, or, you know, something that effective. So did you guys, seems like you have a similar issue. To we that? had some stops and starts that way, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit on the more on the real property side. Right. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but we did have that issue. One of the things we learned is the sustainability. Yeah. One of the things we also learned is, is, is not, it's just not, it's just not about the actual counting, the completeness existence. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to worry about all the assertions and how do you make all those assertions? And then how does it actually flow through the financial statement? Because when you're in the remediation mode like we were, you don't get everything right. So you continually to find things. And we still find things today, sure. but the, the dollar amount is very is very is a very small dollar amount. Right. But how do you how do you account for that? Mm -hmm. uh, all this prior year activity, uh, and how do you account for it? How do you from an accounting perspective? We kinda we, we found that out a little bit on the back end. Mm -hmm. In addition, what were additional tools we could utilize, and this is what we've done over the last couple of years, is we created a lot additional tools that allowed us to look across these different different uh, asset management systems out there mm -hmm. and to find any differences okay. between the systems. For example, the engineers may be using our, their system mm -hmm. uh, for real property or something, and we may, so we look at all these different systems, and now we know and not notice if there's any differences between them. Right. And we say, are they financial impact? Are they material? What do we do to remediate it? And we monitor it on a regular basis. Right. Uh, so, so we do a number of things. In addition, we take a look at the accounts and the, the activity that flows through the uh, accounts through the years. And we also do detailed analysis of those. Mm -hmm. In addition, what that helps us do is, is we became smarter about the population of transactions. We were able to break them down, bucket them, allow our, our IPA uh, to understand what those buckets are and allowed them to make it much easier for them to, 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 to take a look and, and realize, how am I going to audit these populations? Right. How am I going to sample them? And that took us a few years to get through all those details uh, to, to, to where they, they were very comfortable. We now understand how we, we, we and that they, they know we know what's in our transaction population. Right. And, they, and we can provide it to them and help them because that's really part of the journey too is, is how do you help the auditors audit you? Right, right. That's another piece of our journey as we learned along the way.
Well, and, and my question, next question is around actually systems, because it seems oh. like financial and business systems were an area where you had a lot of struggles, or you just had so many of them, and some were kind of homegrown potentially, or somewhere, you know. So can you kind of guide us through, you know, right. some of the system issues that you guys had to work Well, on? we still had them, and we still have our core accounting system. Right. Uh, we have uh, we have three general ledger systems, primarily, but our hmm. primary is a core accounting system, and we still have that. And for years, you know, from the from the actual financial statement audit perspective, uh, we were we thought we'd never get over that hurdle, mm -hmm. uh, but we did. <laughs> uh, now, un, uh, in all fairness, uh, DoD's got a lot more of them. Right. Okay, and we started a little ahead of the game because our core accounting system already was an integrated financial and procurement system. Okay. Okay. So so you start a little ahead of the game when you don't have multiple different procurement systems or whatever. Also, it serves as our asset system. Right. So, uh, and we put that in the late '90s, early 2000, and then we so we and we were one of the first users of the Oracle. But it's highly customized. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't take into account. It didn't consider all these changes that have occurred over time. So we do have system limitations. Let me offer. We were able to get it from the the from the from the financial statement on it. But the Department of Homeland Security is also required to get an opinion over its internal controls over financial reporting. So, we in the consolidated audit we get opinion over both, which mm -hmm. not. All agencies right. are required to receive. Right. Um, the critical factor is, is we are now focusing on downgrading that because at the end of the day, if you got those good processes, um, then 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 you're in a, you know that those numbers are good every day. You know your processes, and people can have confidence. Right, you can trust that. And trust in it. Mm -hmm. We've made significant improvement. As a matter of fact, last year we downgraded our material weakness in property, plant, and equipment. Hmm. And that was now a significant deficiency. From the Coast Guard's perspective, we're down to just one financial reporting. A lot of it is tied to systems, but we're still trying to see what we can do to downgrade that for with other other controls, other things we can put in place. And that's really what we have to do is, is other processes, other controls. One of the challenges now becomes timeliness becomes our biggest issue because now you got to do all these analysis. People got to do them. You got to wait for data. So timeliness becomes system helps you on timeliness. <laughs> And that's one of the, the issues we're, 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 we're challenged now is, is how do we kind of hit that, get that last piece of that to make sure everything's happening very quickly and getting into the, to, to the general ledger, into the system in a very timely fashion. Right. So I want to go back to, again, the early days where you, you know, you're, you're getting disclaimers. And what were some of the kind of the major findings that you were getting at that time? And, you know, how did you tackle each of those to, to kind of just bring it down gradually over the years or what was the approach to, to bring those down you know once again we, we get findings and it was across a broad category you know and in, in the early days of course it's completeness and existence mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and so then what we did is once again I said by disaggregating it and focusing on an area and putting a good process in place for example with our aircraft and our cutters how, how can we ensure that okay uh, you know, we, we've got everything, we're complete, and if it's in the record, it exists. Mm -hmm. So establishing those procedures. In addition, we established a, a semi-annual inventory process. Right. Uh, so floor to record, you know, and record to floor kind of thing. And we've matured that over the years. In the early days, the auditors, of course, went on a lot of those. Now they don't go on hardly any of them. Mm -hmm. They still occasionally do, but because they build. So how do you build those processes out? But how, should you, how do you also build those other processes that looks at these other systems? For example, we have operational systems mm -hmm. that track assets. So we look at that. Mm -hmm. Is there an asset that's operating that's not in our financial system? We right. now do that on a monthly basis. We, okay. can, we go back and we see that. 
Uh, on the personal property, there's very few of those things that where we see, oh, wait a minute, we're flying an aircraft and it's putting in operational hours. Why is it not in our financial system? That rarely happens now with, uh, with, with those larger accounts. The more complicated asset categories, like internal use software, right. that's a little bit more challenging mm -hmm. because you, it's more than just, you know, just, it's, and this is, an, this is one where it's not just uh, the organization, but it's working with uh, the commercial side as well because mm -hmm. you've got, to really track this, you really need to get the information at the, the contract line item. Right, level. exactly. Right. So you've got to be able to put in the contract and you've got to have it invoiced at that level mm -hmm. and receipted for at that level. Right. And you've got our system, you know, doesn't have the robustness of those things. Uh, but uh, but uh, that's all critical things as you go forward. And that's that's the category you get later on. Mm -hmm. But how do you ensure you're capturing all the internal use software? So that's so basically what we did is, is we looked at each of these categories. And in some of these categories, we had adult alternative methods. Mm hmm. Some of our assets are very old, like the Coast Guard Cutter Eagle, okay? <laughs> well, I think it's like 70, 80 years old, okay? Um, so uh, some, of these, uh, some of these assets are very old. So we went through a very rigorous process of determining how are we gonna value these and how are we gonna determine dates and service. Right. In addition, what we did is we looked, we, looked, uh, we worked very closely with FaceAlb and the, and the standards and working through the standard process. Uh, and that's a critical aspect as well. Uh, and, that, and that was critical to our success too, is working with them. Uh, and then we work really closely with our, with our, with our IG and, and our, uh, our IPA, right. KPMG. Sure. We work really closely with them. And it was really a partnership of everybody together to work through each of those things and move forward. Uh, but, but there were a number of things. And, and then the other thing we did is we, had, we developed a process to be able to quickly put procedures, policies and procedures in place, interim policy. Uh, sometimes it, we used to have this, this, we have this process. If you go to concurrent process, you could take years to get a policy, but we developed a rapid method to getting policies and procedures impl promulgated, implemented, and executed. So that was another big factor too. Right. But once again, the bottom line was the tone at the top. Let me say it again. Yeah. If I st foot stop that, we established an executive management council, internal control and audit readiness board, we called it then, chaired by the vice commandant of the Coast Guard, number okay. two person in the Coast Guard, with all the senior programs in the room, we met on a monthly basis. We go through each of the, we went through each of the key issues, and he held everybody accountable for executing. That is critical. Right. It was just not the CFOs. Uh, it was everybody in the room, and everybody's going forward. We just recently renamed that council because we we really we say we're pretty much beyond the audit remediation. We're now into how do we continue to improve improve our internal control process. Right. We now call it the audit. Audit risk and compliance. Also, this is in light with the change in A123 mm -hmm. and the enterprise risk management approach. Right. So we're built. That's how we're we're, we're taking the more focus on how we have sure we got good processes. How do we have a robust internal control or financial reporting, uh, a test of design, test of effectiveness reporting process. Mm -hmm. And in addition, we have a very mature statement of assurance reporting process through all the accessible organization elements report up where they have to assess things like fraud risk, operational risk, and we have to report up through. So, so that's kind of the maturation we've gone, we've come as we've gone through the process to beyond, mm -hmm. it's more than just getting a check on the financial statement. It's really about your processes. Right. Are they sustainable? Are they, are they good solid processes that allow you to provide good information so senior leaders can make the decisions they, can need, they need to make and they can effectively and efficiently manage their programs and operate?
Right. So uh, that's what that and that tone at the top. That was the tone at the top that allowed us to really get everybody on board uh, through the process. Right. Now, that sounds critical. I mean, I know some places I've been. You know, they made some progress in a year or two, but then leadership changes or mm-hmm. the tone at the top kind of wavers a little bit. Absolutely, and that's it's hard to keep progress moving forward. I mean, without that constant support or you know pushing these efforts, I think people kind of go back to old habits. You know. Right. So. Um, well, let me ask you then, you know, obviously at this point you guys have, you know, passed the audit several times. Um, sustaining, you know, sustaining the opinion, what have been the biggest challenges there? It's still a challenge. I mean, the, the there's a several issues. One of the things I talked about is is we are still a very decentralized organization in many ways. Uh, we have, you know, facilities all over the place, small boat stations. We've got people operating all over the place. Uh, and uh, and you want them to very, be really effective in their in their mission and, and give them the greatest amount of capacity and capability to execute their mission. So how do you keep track of that? Timeliness, as I said, getting, getting the information sometimes is a little bit more challenging uh, as you do that. And we still have our system limitations. We're part of the financial systems modernization effort. We're in closely with the, with, the, with the Department of Homeland Security as we move forward. Uh, we're, we're still a couple of years out from, from implementing that, but so we still got our legacy system um, and we're still working through the legacy system with the challenges. So we built these other compensating or mitigating mm-hmm. uh, pieces to it. Uh, and so keeping those going, that, that, is a, that, is a, that is a significant level of effort. How do you make them more efficient and effective? The other thing we focus on is developing our staff as well. Early on, we used to continually get a comment within our financial reporting NFR that Coast Guard uh, something to the effect that the Coast Guard lacked a sufficient number of trained personnel. That went away about a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, and we've really worked to perfect our staff over the years. You know, uh, we, we, you know we've got certified. We do, th- you know, uh, CPAs, right. uh, such things as AGA, CGFM program, uh, bringing in those people as well as uh, uh, with our workforce, ensuring we've got the right people in the right positions, the right expertise. We spent a lot of time and effort on that to the fact where that is no longer, uh, that's no longer one of the conditions that's identified. Right. But you got to continually work to keep a well, a good, a well-trained, effective, efficient, motivated workforce, which we do. Uh, so that's a key factor as well going forward as, as far as sustaining it. But I think our biggest challenge is to be, you know, our system limitations, mm-hmm. uh, the complexity uh, of some of those things and the ability to timely do all the things that with these other compensating and mitigating controls we got to do today. Right, right. I think our, and can sustain those things. Okay. Well, and uh, one more topic I wanted to get into a little bit. So uh, we talked a little bit about it, but obviously defense and intel, the last few, you know, are trying to get to past this audit. Um, you know, what would you, what's your advice you would kind of, you know, put out there for these guys, What, what you know, to help them achieve this milestone. Right. And, and, and they do, I, I do agree. They have a daunting task. One of the things I highlighted is, is just the number. I just amazed when I talked to, you know, Mark Easton and them over there about the number of systems, the number of procurement systems, financial systems, the different organizations that you have to deal with. Um, I was, I just try to get a handle on, well, when you say you audit somebody, who are you auditing? There's so many different entities and right. how do they interact and everything. And, 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 and so I would just, I, I, what we and we do. We spend a lot of time in, uh, uh, meeting with them, discussing with them, talking about what we've done. Uh, their, of course, their order of magnitude is significantly greater, right. significantly greater. Uh, so what we continually kind of, a couple of things we say is, is one, you know, don't try to 
the whole elephant once kind of thing is right. what we always say. Break it down as best you can. I know they got challenges to do that. The other thing is, is our hard lessons learns of, you know, make sure you, whatever that category, however you break it down, make sure you develop some sustainability to that so you don't have to exactly. revisit it. Right, right. Uh, you, you don't want to have to go back and do it over, uh, which is which is one of the other things uh, that we highlighted. And, and they know that. One of the other biggest challenges they have that's still a challenge for us is the intergovernmental piece. Mm. With them, they do, you know, that is a huge piece. Um, and uh, for us, that still remains, you know, with our trading partners, uh, making sure the orders are accepted right, make sure we understand what we're getting, invoicing for it, receiving for it, that whole process. We've been working with them from the Coast Guard's perspective with them. But, you know, this is an issue that Treasury has been working on as well with, uh, you know, how do we better do the invoicing right. uh, between uh, government agencies. So that's another huge issue they've got as well, uh, significantly greater magnitude than we got. So how do you get, you know, you get that information correct between your trading partners? Uh, we, we work through it independently within DHS, but DOD is our largest trading partner. Right. But we're just very, we're, we're, we're very small to them. Uh, but so those are some of the issues, I think. Uh, how do you work those through those issues is, is kind of a challenge. But once again, I think, I always say it's about materiality, figure the big things. What can you break down? What can you then break down and ensure you sustain it mm -hmm. and keep it working and then move to the next category? Because we learned as we took through, we took as we took the categories, we learned something in each category right. as we went forward. Right. We got we got smarter as we went along. Right. You can learn so. from one thing you did before and then, you know, the lessons from that. Yeah. And and it's gonna be a journey, of course, right? I mean, they've been trying to get auditable and then they'll finally have the audit and then mm -hmm. it's gonna be resolving all those issues and, and it's you know. It's a lifelong journey, so to speak, but it sounds like, you know, you guys definitely have the approach. You have the tone at the top. You have, you know, you, you address the issue, you fix the issue, you put a process in place, you train your people, you certify your people. It sounds like that's a nice, solid approach to, to maintaining and sustaining. Mm -hmm. So. It is, and it's, I said, it's, and, but it's it's not a one and done thing. It's a continuous it's a continuous process because exactly. we still got a lot of a lot of our processes still we, we, we have a, we have to continue even though they don't have a race the level of a remediation mission action plan. There's mm -hmm. still corrective action plans because we still got a lot of issues that right. we still got to resolve and, and and go forward. So the other thing I think we have to take as we go forward is is a, a even more risk based approach mm -hmm. and under and and as we take a look at you know. What's the most efficient and effective last dollar that I want to apply? Because I could be totally secure, totally great, everything, but I don't get anything done. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know. So how do we ensure that really we're we're, we're applying the, the best, the the best? Because you know, I used mm -hmm. to I used to run our Coast Guard Exchange system, mm -hmm. which is you know it's a retail business, right? And I used to be worried about inventory, but I wasn't going to spend a million dollars on an inventory control system to save a $10,000 problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we may got to make sure risk yeah. a risk-based approach and we're going to have to, how do you, you know, we're, how do you, and you got to have that good discussion with the, with the, the IG, your IPA, you know, mm -hmm. and kind of, which I think we've matured that we still got some ways to go, but I think we matured that. Okay. And actually that's just one last thing that kind of, uh, you know, I wanted. I was curious about your. Are you looking into enterprise risk management and some of those techniques as well? Yes, we are. As, as a matter of fact, um, uh, we we, uh, we are. We, we the revision of the eight twenty three, and I th we just saw. I just saw. There's a recent draft. Some other changes that I just got that I'm starting to review. Um, we we have the operational people who have their piece, and we've had our piece. That's we've kind of worked through the uh, CFO part, but really. 
you know, how do you broaden it and make sure it is true in enterprise? I mentioned we had the statement of assurance process that we'd go through mm-hmm. at the Coast Guard to the annual statement of assurance that the commandant makes. And, and we've, we've been using a risk register for the last couple of years, and we use a consolidated risk register. Mm-hmm. But how do we make sure that expands to have more, more of the operational flavor as opposed to more of a financial flavor? Mm-hmm. And where does that reside within the organization? Um, our deputy CFO within the Coast Guard, Mr. Craig Bannon, happens to be our chief risk officer. Uh, but where does that chief risk officer lie within the organization? Mm-hmm. And how do, you, how do you tie these different pieces together? That's, that's something we're working through. And as I mentioned, I, I, we just recently named that senior board from the, uh, the uh, Internal Control and Audit Readiness Board to the Audit Risk and Compliance. Right. Uh, with, that, with that in goal, and it's more than just the CFO audit. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of other audits out there, GAO, IG, how do we track that? We're now we're tracking those universal audits, and that's, that's the CFO audit. And we're tracking these other risk things and these other compliance issues as well. So these are all things that we're trying to mature. We've got a way to go yet, uh, but uh, uh, we're trying to see how, how do we mature, mature that as we go forward. And we, we've been working closely with the Department of Homeland Security as they go forward uh, and really paying attention to what's coming out uh, on BA-123. So. So, uh, so yes, it's it's, and I think it's the way to go with the future. So we're we're trying to uh, to to try to um, lean forward a little bit on that. Right. Well, great. Well, I appreciate you joining us today, and uh, we learned a lot about the, the the audit and the the journey. And it sounds like Coast Guard definitely has been on the right path for a while here. So really appreciate the insights. I think our listeners will be very interested uh, as well. So well, uh, thank you very much. Thank you for having. And but we're still learning. I just want to, even though we've done a lot of great things, I just want to say the Coast Guard's still learning and moving forward. And but we still got a way to go, so I don't want to. <laughs> so, but uh, I do appreciate it. Thank you for having me this morning. Thanks. Thanks again for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember to check back at www.agacgfm.org for new podcasts, or you can subscribe to our podcast via iTunes or Google Play. We hope you'll come back soon for another episode of Accountability Talks with AGA.